Welcome to the Bold Lawyer Podcast, hosted by me, J.D. Hoovener, owner and founder of Bold Patents Law Firm. This show is for attorneys everywhere looking to grow and scale their law practice. It's also for those aspiring to someday hang their own shingle. And it'll also be helpful for those that are still in law school or looking to transition from another career. I'm going to have guests on this show, attorneys that founded their own firms, that will share their story and talk about the ups and downs and some of the golden nuggets they learned along the way. Come join me and learn a thing or two about the business of law on the Bold Lawyer Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Bold Lawyer Show. It is Tuesday, December 5th, and I'm your host, J.D. Hoovener. I've got my co-host with me, Matt. Cole. What's going on? Hey, Matt. Oh, man, it's just so good to see you. Uh, we we got, both got the memo, kind of the gray uh, shirts today yep. for those on the audio on the podcast. Uh, just imagine... Two attorneys. I'm wearing a really kind of a humble T-shirt. You're wearing a, not a, a nice V. I, I, I got the V-neck. Yeah, you've stepped Which, it up. I mean, just screams class, you know. <laughs> it really is. Just a little, little bit of chest here, but keep just a it. little bit. Just yeah, it's poking up. Um, man, I'm excited. So today we're getting it back going. Two weeks off. We're ready to jump back in this week. This is the Bold Lawyer Show. So we're interviewing attorneys here, and I've got one waiting backstage patiently. Has volunteered to share with uh, with you, the live audience. Uh, which is just growing, multiplying as we speak. We're live across LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. We welcome any question. Anything is fair game. Um, just know that we're, uh, and for the answer, just to kind of keep you, you know, satisfied, we're willing to do a money-back guarantee uh, for your Absolutely. full payment. Um, we're going to just send it back if you're not happy with the answer. Yeah, whatever uh, you paid for this podcast, we'll return it to you. That's right. That's and, right. And we will pay shipping and handling. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Okay, you heard it. So I wasn't going to go there, but you you did. So um, no, this is great. And we'll have our guest on here. I'm going to bring him on. There's no reason to delay. Mr. Ben Golden, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Going good, really good. Thanks, um, it's uh, it's after holidays. We're trying to you know do a little bit of business here before we hit Christmas, New Year's. Yeah. Um, are you feeling kind of the same way? You kind of just. Getting back yeah. in, or have you been busy through? Where, where's your? We actually just got back. Uh, my wife and five and two year old just got back from Japan for ten days. Wow, so we are exhausted, but it was a great time. Cool. And I got an inbox to dig through, and this is a great procrastination activity. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great, man. How was uh, traveling to Japan with a five and two year old? No problem. No problem. You know, okay. okay. trains everywhere. A lot of noodles. Uh, Hello Kitty and Pokemon imagery everywhere. But I mean, like the flight out there and back. And that's, well, actually, you're on the West Coast, so that's not, well, it's still bad. Yeah, with, with Benadryl and melatonin, anything <laughs> else. Yeah, for you or the kids. Yeah, <laughs> No comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that, that that's awesome. We've been talking about going, going to Japan. I want to go. Yep. You guys went opposite sides of the world. So, Matt, you went to Ireland and Scotland yep. with your family. Yep. I guess I went south. I went to Cabo and then got sick in Mexico. <laughs> um, so that's funny. Well, cool. We're traveling and we're getting back to it. Um, so okay, let's let's get to it. Uh, our, our listeners either now or on the recorded session want to want to hear the topic of you, Mr. Ben Golden, and, and your founder story. And so I'm going to put you on the big screen. Uh, first, my losing their video streamers that way, but go for it. No, no, um, not at all. So um, let, let us in on, on, on your founder story, uh, Ben Golden Consulting, and um, how it got started. How long ago was it? What made you want to, to do your own thing? 
Yeah, it uh, started three years ago. It was a complete accident and entirely unintentional. So I, I followed a girl, now wife, uh, then girlfriend to law school with no intention of being a lawyer. <laughs> wow. That's an expensive Gosh. proposition. You know what? I'm going to follow this gal to, gal to law school. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, keep options open. I thought it'd be interesting. So we knew we wanted to be in Seattle. So we went to University of Washington Law School. And hey, I kind of liked it. It was enjoyable. Okay. Um, uh, the Great Recession hit, uh, you know, two weeks into 1L year and you realize, oh, God, I just signed up for a bunch of loans. Maybe I should get like a real lawyer job out of this thing and pay off a few loans. Um, and I also was enjoying, you know, some experience and exposure I had to entrepreneurial community. And then some international development work, helping mm -hmm. social enterprise in West Africa before law school. Cool. And I like that notion of sort of building something from nothing from that experience. And so I gravitated towards startup law. And I ended up um, at Perkins Coie at a law school. And I gave him about two and a half years. And I was a very precocious, probably in retrospect, a terrible associate. So if I'm going to do this thing, I want to be like those rainmakers who are always going off and you know, meeting interesting people and not doing some of the grunt work. Uh, just what an idiot, totally unhelpful for the, you know, as a second year associate. But I was trying to bring in business and I was meeting a lot of startups. And one of the startups said, hey, we actually are growing quickly and we like you. You should come aboard. So in 2014, I went in-house to a company. The time was called Has Offers and it rebranded to Tune. I mean, it was an awesome experience. I learned a ton. Uh, you know, when you're when you're at a big firm, you get really good at one, maybe two things if you're lucky. Because why is somebody going to pay you a ton of money? It's because you're going to do the same thing over and over again and nothing else, and you become a specialist really quickly. That's right, man. I, I get that model, but that wasn't appealing to me. I liked the in-house experience of being mediocre at a lot of things and then eventually being good at a lot of things using different parts of your brain. And it's a lot more problem-solving Okay. And, you know, people come to you with questions and they don't know if it's a legal problem necessarily. It hasn't been vetted fully. They just have a problem and you work through it. And, and oftentimes you can solve it. And oftentimes you are just resourceful and you figure out how to get there. So it's six years in-house. Um, great experience. The company grew. The company shrank. The company What kind of company real quickly did you say? I did not say. Good, good question. It was digital marketing analytics. Oh. Mm. Right. It was not like the reason I went there. It was great people. It's a fun community, um, great opportunity for my professional development. And I did learn a lot in the space. And, you know, certainly data privacy and data security took off in that interim. GDPR went live. Right. We had, you know, a couple offices in Europe and around the world. And so, um, so anyway, so great experience. I liked that in-house experience. The company um, divested and eventually the remaining entity sold in may 2020 that's what nine weeks into a global pandemic i had a small child and another child um, on the way i said this thing's gonna you know pass in a little bit and then i'll figure out what's next so i'm gonna take a month and just be a great present family member and you know bide my time and of course <laughs> shitty entomologist or en not entomologist What's the, the folks who study germs? Oh, uh, immunology. Immuno immunology. Anyways, you can edit this. It's not live, right? <laughs> Don't drop any F-bombs. I mean, yeah, no, you're doing great. Cool. The point, the point is I, um, 
I had a longer downtime than I expected. And I was watching a toddler with no ability to, you know, go into a home or go into a, you know, indoor anything. And so I started to take on a few one-off projects for friends during nap times and after they went to sleep. And my wife was like, you ought to get some malpractice insurance. You ought to get paid other than like drinks with your friends and Venmo. Like, yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll make an LLC. You know, I know how to do all that stuff. And and as we you know, daycare worlds emerged and our second child started going to daycare, my availability gradually increased too. And I found I loved the flexibility of a solo practice. I loved being able to choose who I worked with, what issues I worked on. It was the things that I loved about the in-house experience um, without some of the top-down pressures of the big law model. And so I backed into this, I truly backed into a law firm and now three and a half years into it and it's you know full bore, full time and it's going great. I love my clients. I enjoy most of the work that I do for them. And I can say, no, I don't want to work with you. Right? <laughs> a project and the world goes on and I can find something else to fill my time. And when my kids get sick because they're still five and two, I can you know make space to do that as well. And so I've lucked into a great solo practice. Happy to talk about what that means. That's yeah. Super cool, Ben. JD, do you get the sense that this guy backed into a, a legal career here? <laughs> no, that was incredible. That was probably, that was really well done, Ben. That was nine minutes of solid, good stuff. Yeah, um, it was awesome. There's a lot of, lot of nuggets in there. Um, I wrote down some things. Okay. Um, so Perkins Cooey. Um, and, then, and then finding finding a startup. I know that was a long time ago, almost 10 years ago now. Um, for some of those maybe listening that are in, that are at firms like Perkins, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I've kind of – I have a client like this. Maybe they've asked them, asked me when I was out for drinks. And how did you make that jump? Uh, what were some of the things that helped you pull the trigger, if you will? Um, maybe you didn't have as much family – obviously, no family yet, things on the line. But uh, walk us through that if you can remember. Was it challenging? Or was it easy decision? Yeah, the the firm to in-house jump. Yeah. Um, it was it was pretty exciting in the moment. I'd say the most exciting time, the most exciting day of my Perkins experience was going around the floor and telling everybody one by one. Because that's <laughs> when people really tell you what they think of you and what oh. they think of your career up. So it was like the most candid talk I had in my two and a half years there. Okay. One of the partners that I really respected and I still, you know, keep in touch with, I have a great deal of respect. was like, you're making a huge mistake. It's going to be hard to come back and, you know, keep the momentum going and the learning you've done and the relationships you've built. And that was true. I just had to be honest with myself of, did I want that, you know, some of the sacrifices you need to make to do that? Did you want that career? And I didn't. Um, uh, so a lot of it's being honest with what you actually want in your career and practice um and you know what the world your life is short you can change things you can go back if i truly missed it and i wanted to scrap and find a way back into big law i'm sure that path is there for folks so if you've got the curiosity and the opportunity like don't think twice well ben you got someone out there that your story mirrors someone else so philip swain we're actually having philip on next week so yeah thanks for sharing that he went big firm small firm in-house then solo <laughs> So he, he had a little small firm in there. Um, so, so Ben, when when you went in-house to work for this startup or this larger startup, was there another attorney there that you were working with? 
Yeah, a great attorney and a friend um, that I knew from law school who was transitioning into a business role cool. over time. And so um, made my transition a lot easier, too. I didn't have to build a legal team from the ground up. Right. That's awesome. Um, but the company was scaling too. And so, so a lot of, a lot of, it was a great opportunity to be able to bounce ideas off somebody, work with somebody. Um, but then over time, know that I had sort of leadership opportunities too. And I got to ask, what's your, what kind of law does your wife practice? She is a land use attorney oh. doing almost all downtown Seattle, uh, density, zealot. It's awesome. You can be at a private firm and have a, positive environmental and housing equality impact on the world. She is truly the happiest attorney I know in her practice. Um, cool. It's a mix of transactional and litigation. It's get the deal done. And if it's not coming together, then you've got some combative tools to play with. So, so for law students out there, you should probably do land use laws is what I've learned. I, I just remember property law and just being over the moon about adverse possession and being like, okay, I'm going to freaking squat. It's there. not a real thing. I'm so, be there for it's not a real. Are you paying? Are you paying the property taxes on that land you're squatting on? I don't think so. Get out of here. I don't remember that part of that. <laughs> um, I'm just skip right over that. Okay, so um, let's talk about money because money is interesting. Money matters. So when you left Perkins and you hopped over to in-house level, pay up, pay upgrade, pay downgrade. Um, slight downgrade with equity upside. Awesome. That's not, that's pretty funny. That's, that's okay. Funny. So nice. Nice. It, it was a, you know, hundred folks at the company. It was not the third person there. It was okay. not a wild risk that a lot of true startups are. And so, so I hedged my bets a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. So you're in the top, you know, the first hundred people. And then over the course of six years, how did it grow? Did it grow? What was the experience there? Yeah, it grew. Uh, there was two big financing rounds and some venture debts. Uh, grew to over 400 people. We had 10 offices at one point. We made a lot of bets. I, you know, I was doing some corporate work at Perkins, and we ended up acquiring five or six companies, okay. um, or you know, creative licensing deals. And so, the, in retrospect, the company tried a lot of things. A couple of them were home runs, and a couple of them were not. And so, yeah up to 400 plus people at one point. Um, but there were, there were less by the time the company sold as well. That's the hard, that was the hardest time. Absolutely. The last year or two. Right. And when the investors are, you know, looking at the finances a lot more critically as a lawyer and an executive, I grew a lot more, um, but it was less fun. So it depends what you want in your career. So I'm, I'm glad I learned and experienced both in retrospect, you know, how to actually run a company like a grown up. But I had a lot more fun the first few years. Got it. Got it. Um, and did it sort of um, did the business wind up because of COVID or was it planning to wind and divest, as you were saying, and the timing just happened to cope? There were two very distinct business lines. Mm -hmm. and they're both very successful in their own spaces, but they had different growth trajectories. And so what made sense for one didn't necessarily make sense for the other. So, so one sold in 2018. Um, and the the rest of the business line sold in 2020. Um, it was like needing some refreshment of leadership, new capital, and it was one way to get some some new capital and resources was to join a larger entity. So it was it was a bittersweet transaction. Yeah. 
And sorry for going asking questions. This is too much, but I'm curious because you know when you had that acquisition, did you have a chance to stay with that bigger entity? I mentally was didn't even entertain the notion. Okay. Um, so to, if it was there, I I made it pretty clear that I was ready to hang out with my kiddo, not ready to start a new law firm. I would have laughed if somebody suggested that. Yeah. Uh, six months later, I was had launched my own thing. Um, but yeah, I was personal burnout, professional burnout. I was ready to hang out at the playground. Got it. Got it. Well, I mean, so this is, um, so you you built the firm very slowly. So, I mean, you, you're able to pick, pick your clients. Um, sounds like I mean, that's, that's kind of like a dream, honestly. And if I think back, I was much more frantic and like financially concerned. I was taking on a lot of cases for way less than the, probably their worth, just to kind of make sure I could pay some bills. Doesn't sound like you had as much of concern there. Is that right? I, I was lucky in that regard. Absolutely. I um, had existing relationships. You know, when you're at one point the only or one of the few attorneys at a company with hundreds of engineers locally, they all go off and start their own thing or join something new and it's the person you know. I went to UW for undergrad and law school. I'm here in Seattle. I've got a, a healthy network um, from the Perkins days and the entrepreneurial community. And I was very involved policy work. And I'm, I've always perpetually served on at least a few nonprofit boards at a time. So realizing using that network that I sort of built unintentionally, just because I wanted to be involved and engaged in issues in the community. Yeah. I, you know, when I sort of put it out there, hey, I'm now you know doing a solo practice and I can do these four or five different things to help you out. Um, folks, you know, reached out or I had a few existing relationships that I knew were often starting their own thing that I could work with. And so it did build organically from there. Um, and when I've needed work, I've been able to just, you know, I know who I might want to work with who's working on some interesting startups. And those are the folks I might want to hit up for, for coffee or lunch. Yeah. Yeah. It must be, must have been really hard Ben, for you being, you know, such an extreme introvert, you know, finding new clients. <laughs> I like, I like people. So yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's obvious, you know, people like you, I'm sure too. And what I think what's been interesting and uh, maybe a biggest learning over these three years has been, what do I want to do? I don't want to just represent a company to like talk about, Hey, I got this client. I did it. I've got them. What's the actual work I want to do? Because that's you know what I'm here to do. That's why I'm, right. I'm happy part of their team. And I've, I've learned, you know, just because I want to work with the company, what they need may not be something I can provide. And I've had, that's been the biggest learning of when to say no, even though we get along great, I'm not the right person for you. Um, Did I uh, phrase that right? Ben's tip number one, what is the actual kind of work you want to do? I didn't phrase that right. Yeah, right. I mean, more or less, that's right. It's, it's I like using a lot of parts of my brain. I would rather be a generalist and get paid less than do one thing over and over and over again. And a lot of companies need six specialists in six areas and they want the best and they'll pay whatever. And that's great. And that works for a lot of companies. And I'm probably not going to be the best person for them unless they want someone to triage and say, you know, there's a lot of things you could be worrying about. Help us issue spot, help us prioritize and help us find that right person in the space. So I serve that role, basically a fractional general counsel to a handful of companies. And I love that. And I'm not... Really I'm going to jump in really quick here. So for, for those listening at home, you can't see Ben, great looking guy, but 
He also has on his little name tag on the screen, uh, Ben Golden Consulting, which is interesting because I've never heard a law firm call themselves more of a consulting agency or, you know, focus on consulting. But that seems to be kind of what you really do. You're a legal consultant. Um, I aspire to do that. I'm, I'm realizing cool. folks are willing to pay me to do legal work a lot more than other things. But I've, I've served as an advisor, you know, in exchange for equity to some startups where it wasn't just legal. And I really enjoyed that experience. And I was like, I want to do a lot more of that. But when, you know, we talk about our hourly rate or a retainer and flat fees, I'm talking to you because you're a lawyer. You're my law firm. Let's be real. So it's a, it's more of a failed self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm waiting for it to fulfill. <laughs> it's probably rebranch, probably talk to a trademark attorney. Hey. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, what I like doing, if I could choose the kind of work, is the fractional general counsel work, where I'm joining the board meetings, the leadership team meetings. I understand what the organization mostly for-profit businesses, but I have a few nonprofit organization clients as well. What are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish now in, in the medium term? And how do we work towards that? What are the obstacles to you doing that? And we'll back into some projects that may or may not be legal to figure out how to do it. And either I can do that work or I can find the right person for you to do that. And that's that's been a fun practice for me. I, I have a fair amount of commercial contract overflow. It pays well. I, you know, it's a good way to get into businesses, relationships with them early, but in an ideal world, I do less of that and more of the just true, you know, fractional general counsel work because it's what I enjoy most. It doesn't pay as well, but whatever, world's too short. We'll be fine. Got it. For, um, yeah, for my commercial overflow clients hear that, but yeah, that's the, that's the practice right now. I'm going to turn the tables a little bit. What are your goals? That's what I'm going to ask. In terms of your firm, do you want to keep it small, keep it all, or try to grow it and beyond yourself? Yeah, well, as you can hear, I've been very intentional about my career growth. <laughs> Squirrel! Tr truly, I, I don't know. Like, I think I want to do what I'm doing right now. I've got a good balance. I don't want to be responsible for anyone else that I don't have to be. Um, okay. So I like what I've got going. What I do need to be more successful is relationships with peer small practices mm -hmm. where when somebody does need that, you know, additional area expertise that I don't have, I can go to them and I'm not sending my clients to somebody at a Fenwick or Wilson price range okay. um, because there's a lot of great attorneys that are not charging four figures an hour. Um, I'd like to go on vacation. I like to, you know, slow down practice. Maybe I do get busier than I want to be sometimes and need some true peers I understand the appeal of law firms now where you know, a lot of us are paying practical law too much money every year. Oh, hey, if we all went in on the same account, we would just pay less money. These like basic things why people have created partnerships over hundreds of years and you know, in organizations, why this law world exists, this corporate world exists, I get now, but I still don't want to be responsible. I don't want somebody looking at my hours. I don't want somebody carrying what I'm doing during the day. So I'm trying to find that right balance. Maybe it evolves into a shared practice, um, maybe I'm able to maintain it solo. But I, I, I don't want to go in-house. I don't want to join a big firm. I like what I'm doing right now, especially when I've got little kids in daycare who, you know, come home with a cold every every three weeks. <laughs> so if you look at kind of like, you know, you said you're at a 40-hour week, you're basically call it at capacity, maybe I saw, you know, near, nearing that. And if 
if so, if you were to kind of take a cross section of your clients, what do they, how would you describe that, that client, you know, age type of company type of work? Yeah, I think for the, the fractional council work, um, smaller, either a nonprofit or before series A typically, um, they probably don't have an in-house, they don't have an in-house lawyer. I effectively serve that function. Yeah. Sometimes it's a you know retainer and I'm just there X number of hours and we plan some meetings on a regular basis, but often it's ad hoc. Um, and we issue spot together. We figure out what needs to be done. There's you know, certain things that I manage. This, the clients, this is, I say I want to support clients with a social impact to their, to their business. A social impact. impact. Okay. That's cool. You know, what does that mean? I get to decide when it's a solo practice and it's often, yeah, if you, if you succeeded, is the world better off? Great. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of enterprise software companies that it'd be cool if you succeeded and I like you. So sure, let's work together. Right. Um, but, but I'm, I'm working towards that small, scrappy social enterprise um, that's willing to try a slightly different model than typical relationships with attorneys. And that's, that's most of the practice that I've built some larger, you know, Series C or D or even a couple of public companies for some of the commercial overflow work um, and a couple of nonprofits I mentioned, I think. So. so does that mean a little bit of pruning then? You know, maybe some clients you're identifying, you know, I don't have that much alignment with and maybe I need to make room for them. Is that part of the challenge? It's a little bit. It's, I'm a people pleaser, so I'm not, I haven't done a lot of that yet. But, you know, maybe there will be some forcing functions I get too busy or some, some folks I really want to work with. And that's where, you know, finding these other relationships where I want to make sure my clients have great landing places and I can work something out. That's probably on the horizon. Yeah. Awesome. Well, last couple minutes here. Um, let's talk about the future. And we have maybe asked that before, but hopefully if I didn't, what do you hope to be five years, 10, 10 years from now? Um, if you were to put, put a plan in place and not necessarily uh, let others dictate your future, what, what would you like to have happen? I, as long as I am providing value and enjoying the work that I do to organizations that if they succeed, the world's better off, then, and I have the flexibility to be a great family member, then I'm content. And whether that is as a solo practice or in some other capacity, that's the goal. And I've learned it's less about the, you know, the title. The biggest thing I think of going towards the solo practice from a company with reports or a big firm is losing the ego stroke. And that took a minute and then you get over it really quickly. So, so will I miss that down the road? If I'm honest with myself, maybe, but otherwise just keep doing what I'm doing where I can help, you know, organizations or causes that I'm excited about and have the flexibility that I want. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on, being vulnerable and sharing your story, Ben. Um, if any of our listeners uh, live or those after the fact want to get a hold of you, can I share your email address with them? Totally. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, and you're at uh, Ben at BenGoldenConsulting.com. Yes. Again, well marketed, very creative. <laughs> awesome. Matt, anything to comment, wrap up here? No, Ben, this has been really, really cool. It's really nice to meet you and hear about your story. And yeah, a lot of overlap in our stories. And so I, I hope we get a chance in, in JD's mastermind to, to connect and, and talk more. That'd be great. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll try and be 
less truant going forward. Like, yeah, me too. I think I made one. That's <laughs> yeah, on my list. That's so cool. Yeah, thank you, Ben, and thanks, Matt, for your time. Until next week, we're live Tuesday at two o'clock Pacific. If you missed us, we're there next week. For Bowl and everyone here, have a good rest of your day. Go big, go bowl. Thanks for having me.